0: another episode of the horizon roundtable i am bob mcdonald and joining me of course is my co-host who i haven't seen in a little while matt dudak
1: as i was gonna say you said of course but i haven't been on in a minute hey Bob, how are you
0: matt of course you can find at uh horizon matt you can find the podcast on twitter as well at horizon rt you can find us on the web at horizon roundtable and be sure to subscribe to us wherever podcasts are found and john um We've had many good episodes, but I feel like this one's going to be rise above the rest.
1: Look, Bob, I know you're used to podcasting with John because I've been out for a minute, but I'm Matt. You got to try that again.
0: Oh, God, did I say John Parker? I know.
1: It's been a minute. Hi, I'm Matt. I'm that other guy that you usually talk Matt about. That dude, everyone. <laughs> it's awesome.
0: All right. Uh, yeah. Great start.
1: So- yeah, this is all this right. is how we're we're professionals and that it's okay, Bob. We don't have any other professionals on with us today, so it's fine. No oh, one's no, going to know. No,
0: no. We only we only have like the voices of nearly uh, like half of the Horizon League teams um on on with us by the way. Yeah. So all right, you get Well, but actually they could probably appreciate the you know, how how live works. <laughs> so yeah, I Matt already gave it away. Um this is good. This is our this is our, our media forum. We have uh, we have the voices of multiple teams within the Horizon League. Uh, some have been on with us before, and uh, we we have quite a few new faces. So, um, yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and get started with a couple of the folks that I'm sure you've heard in the past. Uh, first of all, um, and I we keep referencing you, John John Nolan from Purdue Fort Wayne. Go ahead and introduce yourself.
2: Hey, guys. Yep. Uh, John Nolan here from uh, from Fort Wayne. And so haven't had a chance to meet a lot of you guys in person yet either since uh, the Macedons had just joined the league last year. And, and what a year it was to enter into the pandemic. But uh, looking forward to hopefully uh, getting on the road some more this year and uh, connecting with a lot of you. Yeah. And
0: also a familiar, uh, a familiar voice for us. Thank you again, John, for joining us. Of course, um, also a familiar voice with us. Uh, Neil Rule. Uh, from Oakland. Neil, thank you again for joining us.
3: Yeah, guys, every time. Anytime you got something going on, uh, happy to join with you all. Uh, appreciate the conversation. As I think always. we might have lost him.
0: <laughs> oh, I can hear him. Can you not hear him? Oh, I'm sorry. That's me. I'm the one who has
3: bad... T- sorry,
0: Neil. I, uh, that, that one's on me.
3: Oh, that that's okay. Uh, I'm happy to be with you guys. I guess that, that'll that sum it up. I'm happy to be here, man. <laughs> <laughs>
0: there we go. All right. Um, also joining us, um,
3: Chris Collins.
0: Thank you for joining us. Really appreciate it. Um, from Wright State.
4: Uh, thanks for having me on. And uh, Bob, I really appreciate you asking. It's the first time I've been on with you guys. And uh, True. uh Background, you know, John Nolan. Hey, look forward to meeting you because uh, we did not have a chance to play last year because of uh, the uh, different schedule that we uh, encountered last year. We did not see Fort Wayne. Uh, look forward to meeting you and everybody in the league. And it's always great hooking up with everybody. And uh, just on the side note, this will be my 25th year doing games at Wright State. So, uh, it's going to be an interesting year this year. It's gone by really fast.
0: Nice. All right. Well, thank you again, Chris, for uh, for joining us. Also, uh, Brady Labor.
5: Northern Kentucky, thank you for joining us. Hey, thanks, Bob. You know, I'm a longtime listener and a first time caller here to the Horizon Roundtable, so it's uh, my pleasure, that's for sure. And uh, I'll be entering my twelfth season of doing the broadcast for Northern Kentucky University, which does date back to our Division Two days.
0: All right, so so you already know where what, what you're getting into, and, and you still said yes, so thank
5: you. <laughs> uh, that's exactly right.
0: And last but certainly not least, uh, from Youngstown State, Rob Schmidt.
6: Thanks, guys. Uh, Look forward to talking with everyone again today. I know it's it's coming awful quick, so it's you know it's this is my twenty first year, and and each year just keeps getting quicker and quicker. And you know, I want to thank all the guys on the call. You know, it's it's been a lot of fun to get to know them, and you know, it's always the highlight when you make a trip to whether it's Oakland or Wright State, or you know, looking forward to going back to Fort Wayne. Haven't been there since my first couple of years when we were making the transition out of the MidCon. So, um, you know, I enjoy that trip down to Northern. Um, so thanks again, guys. I appreciate you know I love what you do for the Horizon and and really mid-major basketball. It's important to to kind of continue with that thread and, and you know social media has been a big advantage for us.
0: Yeah, no problem, no problem. So um yeah, so I'm I'm glad you guys. I, I know Matt got a few questions, but I actually want to and I also know um I believe we may be hearing from Greg Rekisharov from IUPUI uh, at some point in time in two. Um, unfortunately, I, I know there were a few who weren't able to make it, but we'll get them on at some other point in time. I know we will. Um, but I'm glad actually that you guys referenced this a few times. And I'm actually glad you asked this because this is a question. I know Matt has a few questions, but I wanted to ask this right off the bat. Is that the, there were instances like f- where you guys didn't see each other during the pandemic because your teams didn't play i mean what what's the, what's that going to be like in terms of the difference between you know how everything operated last season and going into this season
4: well i'll go first if you want me to this is sure great. absolutely hey i look forward to seeing all the teams i mean we played robert morris last year. we didn't have an opportunity to see their building I hear a lot of great things about that building. Now, another thing that I'm looking forward to this year, if there are, and it seems like every year, the rosters change with each and every one of these teams. Uh, Wright State's been pretty consistent. Uh, they have a couple of new players this year, but uh, I always look forward to seeing you know, each team and how much better they get. And one thing at the top, this year is going to be a very interesting year. I think half of these teams in this league you know, have a chance to win. I think the league is going to get a lot better. Coach Scott Nagy even said that. He goes, hey, if we're going to get better as a conference, everybody else has to get better. You know, we've had consistent teams in this league, like, you know, for instance, Wright State, Northern Kentucky, ever since they entered the league, Youngstown State continues to get much better. You know, Greg Campy is always competitive, you know, up in uh, up in Detroit area, along with Detroit, Milwaukee, obviously, uh, with the additions that they've made this year and and including a five star player coming to that team. It's going to make the Horizon League very interesting this year. And I'm, I'm anticipating a great year this year.
6: I'll follow with Chris. You know, uh, this is Rob at YSU. And, um, you know, I think the difference is going to be, I, I think you're, you're, you might see a few more, uh, you know, upsets, if, if you want to call them that. I, I think, you know, last year when you were playing back-to-back, whether it was Friday, Saturday, Saturday, Sunday, um, you know, it, there, wasn't, there weren't a lot of secrets in that second game. And yeah. I, I think it was really who wanted it more in that second game. Now, when you go back to the, the more traditional – Thursday, Saturday, Friday, Sunday, um, you know, it gives you a chance to split a series if you can't win the first game of that road trip or, you know, give you a chance to come back and maybe gain a sweep. I think the mentality changes completely. And I truly like the round Robin. I think you're going to have a much better champion from this league this year because everyone will play everybody.
4: You know, Rob, that's interesting. I wanted to say something to Brady with Northern Kentucky. I, real question real quick. Did you see the schedule right state and Northern Kentucky play on the the, uh, both dates of the uh, NCAA college football state uh, final and also the Super Bowl. What do you think of that, Brady?
5: Very disappointing, Chris, actually, <laughs> yeah.
4: because I kind of like to, you know, that,
5: especially that crossover because I'm a football guy. I do a lot of football broadcasting, despite the fact that Northern Kentucky does not sponsor football. So, yeah, I, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a cry and shame, Chris. But what are you going to do, man? It's better than having a real job. Well, yeah,
4: absolutely. I just want to get your thoughts on
5: that. <laughs> yeah, well, you can't have everything, you know, so you no. might
4: as well just, uh, you know, it's hey, the
5: thing, you know, the freelance thing, Chris, where you'll go three or four days without working at all, and then three different people will call you for the same date. I, I kind of, you know, preface it kind of <laughs> the same way.
4: All right, I'll, I'll have fun with Kelch on that one.
5: <laughs> That's right.
4: <laughs> but as hey, far Chris, as I, um, I do, have, season, I do have an angle on that. Yeah, what was that, Neil? Yeah, with
3: with the Super Bowl thing, what yeah. I found with our broadcast. The ratings are, are higher, like a lot higher. And I, I, one of the theories I guess I concocted, and you know, I just kind of made this up, but it sounds like it makes sense, so I go with it. But I, I, think, I think it's a day that people have dedicated towards television. Like they said, hey, we're going to watch TV here today. And every, every single year that – because there were a couple years ago, I think we played early on Super Bowl Sunday, and the ratings, just for no particular reason, were so much higher. So I, I think that has a lot to do with it. That, that, that's at least in my opinion, that's
4: why they do that. No, let, let's hope so, because they will play earlier in the day, You're right? The Super Bowl will be played later in the evening, right?
5: Yeah, but my, my thoughts on the season coming up, though, and of course, this is Brady again from Northern Kentucky is the fact that maybe we're going to have a little bit of normalcy or a little bit more normalcy than we had, because I, I think all you guys can attest. It was pretty weird being in an empty arena. Other than, you know, the staffs, the players and where they positioned um, myself and Brad Redford for the TV games, we were on the floor, believe it or not, but opposite the benches and the only noise was coming from each team's bench. They were their own student sections and then like free throws late in the game. You could hear a pin drop in that place and Brad and I would have to whisper at times with a with a golf whisper to make sure that some coach wasn't going to get upset because of what we were saying because they could literally overhear it because when we were on the other side down by the visitors' uh, bench that did happen when the gym was full of people. So, yeah, just any kind of normalcy I think um you know everybody will appreciate coming up even if you have to do things like wear masks. That's a small price to pay because at least we'll have fans back in the in the arenas because they deserve it because they went through as tough a time as the players and coaches did as well.
4: Uh, yeah, I, I agree with that. Uh, the players are looking forward to having fans back in the stands. Uh, it was very difficult. I don't think anybody had an advantage, uh, although Cleveland they, maybe because they had a cheering section. And all those players on their sideline, jump up, up, up off the bench last year. You know, and this year you advantage even if it was an advantage at all. Uh, is everybody's arena did you is everybody gonna be allowed to have to wear a mask? What's the COVID protocol? Have you heard anything yet?
6: Well I, I know at Beagle we're going we're approaching it as normal as as, as pre-pandemic. They, there may be a mask um, mandate. We're, we're still waiting to hear from the state, but as of right now, you know we're we're gonna have the seats pulled out uh, front row. There'll be no seats pushed back. We'll have the media tables back on court side. Um, you know, I think they're they're discussing certain protocols, um, so we may end up wearing masks. But I, you know, I agree with the rest of you guys. I think that's a small price to pay to have them back in the arena.
4: So oh, I I agree. We're supposed to be back down on the floor. They had us all the way at the top of the concourse. Anybody familiar with the Nutter Center? That was a long way away. I didn't much. It wasn't that To me, it wasn't that bad sitting that far away. It's just like doing a football broadcast. But on the angle which we had, we couldn't see one of the baskets really well at all because it was on an angle and it blocked off at the square and you couldn't see if a ball was going in or not. So I'm I'm hoping, I'm looking forward to getting back to some normalcy to be able to see a game.
5: Yeah. And at Northern Kentucky, every building on campus, uh, a mask is required inside any building, regardless if it's a, it's a, you know, an academic building or, you know, the arena. And the thing is that that went the same for soccer as well. Uh, Even though that's an outdoor stadium, anybody inside that press box was required to wear
2: a
1: mask. All right. All right, guys. Yeah, you that's guys ready? The, for-
2: uh, oops, sorry. Oh,
1: no, go, please. No, finish that. Go ahead. Just, sorry, John. Uh,
2: to, uh, yep, just follow up on that. I know Purdue Fort Wayne at this point on campus, uh, masks are required through Thanksgiving. Um, so we'll see. Although the Mastodons will actually be playing the majority of their home games across the street from campus at the Allen County War Memorial Coliseum. Not 100% on uh, what their policy will be come uh, next month. But, um, yeah, as far as the schedule goes, too, it is ironic with uh, Purdue-Fort Wayne's debut in the Horizon League last year that geographically the two closest schools, IUPUI and Wright State, didn't have a chance to, to wind up playing either um, yeah. due to scheduling and rescheduling. So, again, something that for Purdue-Fort Wayne, uh, a bit of an
1: unknown uh, at this point even going into year two. Okay. All right. Well, with that, that's a wonderful conversation. I love having you guys on because me and Bob don't have to talk. So I'm just going to kind of prompt that's some right. questions with everybody. That's kind of our plan here. And we're going to let you guys do what you do. And that's talk. Um, I'm going to start with my hometown guy, though. I'm going to give him that credit. Uh, I'm going to start with Neil Rule. So Neil, I got a couple questions. The first question I have for you, Neil, and this is a question I'm going to ask everybody. Uh, Neil, who's your favorite other coach in the league to interview or talk with?
3: My favorite other coach in the league to interview or talk with um,
1: can't, can't pick Greg campy. So outside of your own coach, who's your well, favorite to, to talk to?
3: He actually can't cause campy is my favorite because he just talks and I don't have to, uh, like you were just saying about the podcast. Cause he's, he's never met a question or a microphone he didn't like. Oh, I know. Uh, so, 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 so he just, he just keeps it rolling all the time. So, so I do, uh, I, I am skewed in that respect because he makes my job easy. Um, so, so, so as far as that goes, uh, you know, he, he certainly is my favorite. But I guess I, I did enjoy, you know, I, I really do enjoy talking to I, Jared Calhoun. I, I really enjoy talking to uh, from Youngstown State because he, he's a guy like he has stuff to say. You know, when we sit down, because because coaches fall into two camps, right? They, they're the you know the the just cliche. Uh, Hey, we got to play well to win and that team represents a challenge and all that stuff. But, but Jared Calhoun, when I talk to him, he keeps it real,
1: man. So, so I, I, I have to say, I do enjoy talking to him. We've had the uh, opportunity to speak to him before too. So I, I definitely get that. So my other questions for you, Neil, um, First one is, I don't know if you had a chance to listen this week. Uh, Greg Campy did his coaches show um, hosted by Neil Rule. And uh, during it, he talked about he's had to change his coaching style a lot. Um, and it's no he's trying to get away from the my way or the highway with, that he's kind of known for. Um, do you think that that's going to have an impact going forward for Oakland as far as losing players in the portal? Uh, as
3: far as him, you know, changing his style, I, I think we're all like that, though. I, I've noticed that even in my life, like my personal life and the way. You know, if I go out to the grocery store or if I go out into the world, I mean I, I think I've tried to adjust the way that, that I view things and the way that I do things and the way I interact with people. I, I think that's just the evolution of, of people, you know, as you, you get along in society and you see how things are going and stuff like that, we're we're moving hopefully we're moving towards a more, you know, empathetic society and those types of things. I mean, I, I don't I don't know that, you know, Greg changing you know, saying, hey, I I have to get off that my way or the highway thing. I don't know that that's going to make a ton of difference because let's be real about this transfer portal thing, right? If kids feel like they're not getting the playing time that they want, they're going to leave. Or if things aren't going the way they want, if they're not happy with their role in the offense, they're going to leave. I mean, that's just the way it is. So, you know, I, I, I don't know. I mean, you can say those types of things, sure. And will it have an impact somewhere down the line? Certainly it could. But this is this is where we are now. And, you know, it's it's a transfer portal, but it's free agency, too. I mean, let's just call that what it is. And I, I think that in a little bit, well, water will find its level as far as this goes, because I think that everybody that jumped in the portal last year and, and Coach Campy talked about it you know, all season long last year when we do his show. You know, you're going to see thousands of kids in the transfer portal. And I forget, you know, Matt, you, you listen to the show. I forget the exact number he said. But there was what a lot around 500 kids that didn't find somewhere else to go. I mean, think about that. Like there was there was a lot of quote unquote unintended consequences uh, with with the transfer portal. So uh, that's a, kind of a long answer to your question, I guess. But the moral of the story is I, we're going to continue to see it. If guys aren't happy with their role or they're not happy with the playing time they're going to get, they're going to leave, and it doesn't matter how you act or how you treat them or anything like that.
1: No, I think that makes a lot of sense. Uh, did you have a chance to listen to that coach's show this week? I was I wasn't sure if you had a chance or if that question was going to catch you off guard. Um, uh,
3: yeah, no, I yeah I, I I I caught it, Matt. We'll say it like that. I,
1: okay, I, I listened cool. To it. Uh, my other question for you is, uh, we those of us that got to uh, see Oakland last year, we saw that uh, Campy started running this uh, zone defense that he he seems to really be enamored with, and it was a lot of fun to see him run something different after all these years. Um, Oakland, Oakland, though, is, is lacking size down low. and You know, they're going to be running six eight six nine down low. Um, do you think that's going to affect them this year, or do you think that they're going to be able to still be successful, especially in conference, with even running six eight six nine down low? Yeah, I,
3: I think they can, because you have to look at the level of, of player that they have. I mean, Jayla Moore led the nation in assists last year, and, and certainly a little bit of that is a byproduct of Greg Campy's system. But Jamal Cain, man, like, if you guys have, and everybody on here, all the other play by play guys, like, look into his story because he was a big time, big time player uh, for Marquette, and he did a lot of damage in the Big East. And he, he's going to walk in here, and, and I know how this works, right? Like, when guys transfer in, like when we got Kendrick Nunn, uh, there wasn't a lot of discussion about him. Get, get on board with Jamal Kane because he, he's going to be a big time player. I think you'll see Campy's rotation shrink a lot this year. I think he'll roll seven or eight, like he's more, you know, usually, usually does a lot more certainly as conference play rolls on, but I I, I think though size wise, they're going to be okay because while you talk about the top in size at at six, nine, you got to remember too, there's going to be, you know, Micah Parrish at at six, 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 seven. I mean, you go across the board, that front court is going to be big, the lower in position you go, when you start going down to the four spot, the three spot, the two spot, they're going to have a size advantage in those departments. So, you know, parlay that with that zone and it can be tough to rebound out of the zone, certainly. So they'll give up some offensive boards. But Micah Parrish was a game changer, man. You know what they say that, you know, necessity is the mother of invention. And that's what Oakland had to do last year. And they found something. And uh, Micah Parrish at the top of that zone's a problem. I mean, a lot of you guys saw it. it, it it's a new day defensively for Oakland, I guess you could say.
1: I uh... I agree and it's uh, it's nice to hear. I actually didn't even think about it. Some of these questions are going to kind of give you, all of you guys in the media, a chance to, you know, prep for, for in-conference games. So that's kind of fun. So yeah, that's definitely something to be looking forward to with Oakland is uh, that zone defense return and, you know, what happens on year two of it. Um, that's all I got for you, Neil. Thanks so much for uh, for answering those. We look forward to uh, hearing everything you always present with Oakland University.
3: Oh, uh, dog! No, it's, it's great to be with all these guys. I'm looking forward to seeing y'all again. We can get on the road and uh you know, hopefully the opportunity presents itself. We can, we can get back together on the, on the town. And, you know, if we have a bourbon, then we have a bourbon.
1: I'm just saying, you know, we can do that. That sounds awesome. I I, I look forward to those stories at least, you know, that's always a nice thing on our side.
3: Thanks, Yeah, that, that, That's my, that's my favorite part of it all. Appreciate it guys.
1: Uh, I'm going to go keep moving down my list here. My, my next one, uh, Brady Laver from Northern Kentucky, you, you oh, are no. up next on, and, uh, Brady, I, ha- I have to ask. Sorry. It? Bob's already laughing because he's seen my question. So Brady, my first question you actually get uh, multiple questions. You get you get an extra question. So, so my I'm on first the hot
5: question seat is what you're saying.
1: Yeah, you, you get the extra question is Brady, why does NKU Athletics hate our podcast? What do we do wrong? I mean I have to ask that question first. Well what do we do? What do we do wrong? I, We're credentialed at 11 of the 12 schools, but NKU refuses
5: to credential us. We just want to cover y'all. I'll be honest with you guys, okay? I'm employed by those people who are denying you the access. So (laughs) it would be be career suicide for me to go on record to tell Uh, you why. I would be more than happy uh, once this does not go out in public to uh, explain some things to you.
1: You know what? That's actually an even better answer than I imagined. I thought we would just laugh it off. So either way, it's all good. I you know, we, we do, a, I what the we do, we do our best to still cover and maybe eventually we can learn more, well, or figure out what we can do different because we we, we want to make sure that we give you guys the exact same coverage we're giving everybody else yes. and just get that access. So, uh, but either way, 100%. Brady, we really appreciate it. Couldn't, couldn't agree with us. you more. <laughs>
5: couldn't agree with you more.
1: All right, then I'll get back to my real question. So first off, the same question I'm going to ask everybody, who is your favorite other team coach to interview or talk with?
5: Well, being on the TV side, it's pretty structured. So we don't really get a chance to talk too much as far as like a formal interview with a coach. But what we do is, as I alluded to earlier, our broadcast position, at least in the past pre-pandemic, was always down next to the visiting team's bench. So it wasn't as much interview type stuff, but it was banter. You know, watching a guy coach up his team and clearly Greg Campy's the the easy answer because <laughs> the guy's so darn entertaining, you know, throughout the game. And of course, during the game, he's obviously more unfiltered than he would even be in an interview uh, setting if that's even, uh, you know, comprehensible. But, um, you know, every once in a while we will get access, whether it's by accident or not, with a visiting team's coach to just kind of talk about their team and and get to know about them. Because, honestly, a lot of coaches don't want to give out a whole lot of secrets to a visiting team or an opposing team but uh jared calhoun he was mentioned earlier that's a guy that's uh he keeps it real he's not afraid to talk about his team and uh because i mean so what if they tell me uh how they're gonna break darren horn's you know two three matchup zone i would just screw up the translation so i don't know why anybody would be afraid to let me know that information or to tell me but um i would say obviously greg campy is the guy um because it's just who who else allows a guy to to pull on his hair to prove that it's not a wig and i'm still not convinced by the way ah,
1: i get it i mean i as an oakland person originally that's where i'm from like I, i've followed greg campy you know for, for way too long and now that i'm on kind of more this side and get to i get more access to him he, he's he's exactly what you see that is greg campy there's no shtick to it there's no acting yep. he's just that's greg campy so yeah always entertaining i think last year uh with the empty arenas um you talked about him being sometimes a little unfiltered i think with the empty arena yeah. he uh did his best to at least mine that but uh, always tough always fun though um so looking ahead to nku um how can warwick mm-hmm. top his freshman year
5: Uh just you know continue to do what he does one thing is is to get stronger uh, his teammates call him twig for a reason. I mean, he probably weighed about 155, 160 pounds last year. And, and he's got to build up his strength because I think he has the basketball ability and he's not going to grow taller than six, two or six, three, like he is. But I just, you know, feel like that he can continue to get stronger and elevate his game. And that is something that Darren Horn, and it's not just because of twig. It's because of the fact that he changed up his style as far as how he structured his staff he went away from having a full-time video guy to bringing in a full-time strength coach because he could not have both due to budgetary reasons. So he just decided, okay, uh, student managers or whatever, will take care of my video and I'm going to bring in a full-time strength guy and, and and the results will show. And especially with, with, with Quez, and it's not because he's going to look like, you know, Hulk Hogan or whatever, but he was a guy that his really only weakness was the fact that he was slight of frame. And sometimes because of that he get banged around. Let's face it, you know it's a mid-major league, but it's a man's league as well. And I think he's going to probably play closer to the basket some this year too.
0: Well, that said, if he put muscle on, he's going to be. He was scary last year. He's going to be probably even scarier this year.
5: Yeah. But, um, but the guy to look for as far as, uh, you, you, everybody talks about how NKU is returning just about everybody. I I mean, they'll have their starting five basically be returners. And then what Darren Horn did was he strengthened his bench with either transfers or incoming freshmen. I mean, Chris Brandon is going to bring a presence, the transfer from Detroit Mercy, one of the rare in-league transfers that you see. I know Wright State uh, is blessed to have one as well. But, you know, Brandon is going to be somebody that is going to allow Adrian Nelson to do other things. Because Adrian Nelson, he committed originally out of high school to Detroit Mercy as a wing player. And then he ended up in the post. For Northern Kentucky, basically out of need. He's going to be able to move around now. He isn't going to have to be planted down there in the block, even though he's a beast rebounding wise. But as far as the newcomers go, what Darren Horn has let everybody know is that uh, the freshman Sam Vincent, Gatorade player of the year in the state of Kentucky, he's like, man, I don't know if I can keep this guy off the floor. And when you see him, he don't pass the eye test, man. He just looks like a pasty white, long-haired white guy, you know, like a soccer player kind of kid, you know. But when you see him out there hooping, man, he can play one through three on this level in this league right now. And that's a guy that's going to be a pleasant surprise to anybody that doesn't know who he is.
1: Well, that's awesome. You actually kind of answered my next question where I was going to ask, like, what are the next steps for this year's team? But, I mean, you're kind of talking about it. So that's, you know. It's.
5: It's building depth, obviously, because I mean, the starting five, that was the problem last year is once they went to the bench. I mean, they couldn't go deeper than six. And, you know, a lot of those guys who who disappointed them, you know, they've moved on and they've been replaced. Uh, Sabian Sims, uh, another Division One transfer from North Dakota, will come in and play some small forward. I think Trey Robinson's role will change more because they were trying to figure out what he was because he could do a lot of things. So, uh, you know, I think those will be your top three bench guys, meaning uh, Vincent, if he doesn't become a starter, along with Robinson and Sims, and, um, you know, and Chris Brandon's a wild card as well, because he could sneak into that starting lineup as well. And then you got a couple of other guys that, that could help but you don't have to depend on them to help, you know, younger guys, freshmen, you know, like, um, like Zaya Mason, for example, another, uh, Mr. Basketball candidate in the state of Kentucky. So, uh, I think the future's bright and it'll be a much deeper team than what you saw of Northern Kentucky last year.
1: Do you think that, uh, the Brandon transfer, especially being in league, does that just provide some immediate help just because he's already familiar with the league? You know, we've seen him play physical down low, we know what he brings. Like, is that going to be, Probably a, a big be- benefit to NKU, I would imagine.
5: I mean, sure, as far as him, you know, being familiar with other teams, but also other teams are familiar with him. So there's no secrets when they roll Chris Brandon out there. You know, it's not gonna be like last year with Marquez work, and you're like, whoa, whoa how did this happen? kind of thing. So I mean it goes both ways, but definitely anytime you can bring in a veteran presence, you know, right off the bat. And of course, that's you know, one of the benefits of the transfer portal is uh, to bring in a veteran presence, regardless if it's uh, from in league or not, and and to make an immediate impact. And uh, and they're expecting that out of Brandon. But I do think it'll be more off the bench, but it's he'll play a lot. Don't don't get me wrong.
1: Well, I'm going to take your transition there because you you talked about bringing in players. So I'm actually going to move over to to Rob Schmidt uh, from YSU. How are we doing today, Rob? Doing well. Thanks, guys um oh, i'm first... sorry i'm sorry oh. I,
0: I, yeah i'm sorry i i i'm sorry rob sorry man i know okay. uh, john has john actually has uh something coming up soon so i was oh. hoping that you ask him no no because he actually I... has some new faces too by the way
1: well yeah absolutely i sorry, i guess like i can i can take that exact same uh transition either way so uh hey john nolan from uh for drew Four wayne how we doing over there Good, yeah.
2: Sorry for no. like last year with a last-minute scheduling change. Uh, you don't know who you're gonna play. You don't know who you're gonna talk to. But uh, yeah, thanks for uh, getting me
1: on. No problem. We appreciate like, and everybody's doing awesome for coming on with us. We appreciate it trying to balance some schedules and all that. So, John, my question, uh, my first one, uh, favorite favorite other team coach, especially last year, they were all kind of new to you. Did you get a chance to get right. to know any of these other coaches?
2: So I, I guess I got to talk to everyone who came uh, into Fort Wayne last year, both on the men's and women's side. And I'll say I definitely was entertained by Coach Campy's stories, especially since Fort Wayne has a Portillo's. And so he was, you know, in his glory with the Portillo's nearby the hotel and was telling me about what he's going to have to eat every day. Um, I'll say i the probably overall, though, I, and she's no longer in the league, but uh, Coach Katrina Merriweather from Wright State now at Memphis. She was, I thought, probably the most impressive person I talked to overall. And, uh, you know, I actually grew up in New Jersey. And I uh, grew up not too far away from where Andy Toole grew up, Robert Morris' is head coach. So I got to give him a little bit of love, too, for uh, some East Coast roots here in the horizon.
1: Absolutely. Um, so with last year being the first year for Fort Wayne, what do you think um, the team learned, you know, first year in conference?
2: Yeah, it's interesting. I forget if you guys had talked about this with uh, John Kaufman, the Mastodon's head coach, when he was on during the summer. But he said he's not so sure exactly what to take away from last year because of how uh, unique it was due to the pandemic and even just playing styles. And I know as far as how Purdue-Fort Wayne uh, historically has been a pretty up-tempo team and and then having back-to-backs that threw things off, not to mention um, how so many teams, including uh, the Dons, were impacted by covid as far as their practice schedule goes and continuity there and game planning on the fly and stuff so and even at this point some of the you know things that you just need to boxes you need to check off like you know where to eat on the road and what the hotel is like on the road there were some places that they didn't get to at all so um still more learning to do probably going into year two i would say than otherwise yes he did mention that (laughs) yeah I, uh, I, think, uh, I think that's where I, I get some of my info from, you know.
1: Turns out that coach might know a little bit, huh? <laughs> yes, no doubt. Um, what do you think? What should we expect from the transfers? And I'm going to ask you about two transfers. And one of them, I will tell you, I don't know how to say the name properly. So you can teach all of us how to hopefully say this correctly so we can all do it for broadcast or anything. One of them is Morton Robbins, and I feel comfortable about mm-hmm. that transfer. But the other one, um, how do we say that name? Damian Chongqui from
2: Baltimore and then he transferred in from Mount St. Mary's where he was first team, all NEC and he was really the leader of their team that won the NEC made it into the NCAA tournament. And so he's definitely uh, as big of a a key impact transfer as Purdue Fort Wayne has really ever had. and, And there's a lot of excitement around the program to, to see how much better they can be this year for a number of reasons, but in particular, the impact that he's going to have, because for those who you know were familiar at all with the Mastodons last year, Jared Godfrey was uh, their what's finished third team all league, uh, only guy to finish with an all league otter like that. Um, and he had to sort of do everything last year, bring up the ball at the same time, be the go to score for much of the season. Now, all of a sudden, Damien's going to come in and while he's somewhat undersized, uh, super fast maybe a little bit similar to like a Jalen Moore uh, at Oakland. And so Damien's going to have the keys to the offense running the point that'll allow Jared, not only to maybe be better off the ball, but I think the Mastodons are also expecting him to be able to be a better defender. Uh, Jared Godfrey, that is. And as a team, they'll be able to defend better because they're going to be a lot deeper this year than they were last year when some guys were kind of running ragged, especially in those back-to-back game situations.
1: Will probably be the only game of the season where uh, Jalen Moore is guarding someone that he's taller than, which is yeah, probably yeah. pretty uncommon for him at this point in his career. So, definitely looking forward to that. that's a, that's a big time transfer. Do you have any inside information, like not inside information, but how did he end up at Purdue Fort Wayne? Was there a connection already, or they just kind of offering whatever he was probably looking for?
2: Yeah, there is a connection actually. One of the Mastodon's assistant coaches, Mike Wolf, um, he was previously the director of basketball operations at Mount Saint Mary's and so it's kind of random but all of a sudden there's this uh maryland to northeast indiana pipeline going since mike came over uh, it actually started with the uh the sharpshooter bobby planutis he had began his college career at mount st mary's then went to st bonaventure but he followed mike to uh purdue fort wayne same for damien and then also um uh, Maria Marcosato, the brand new women's basketball head coach, she was previously at the Mount too. So uh, all of a sudden, you got these uh, these uh, Mount and Purdue Fort Wayne connections.
1: Well, I was trying to leave a pause there because you you mentioned the word Bobby Planudis, so I just assumed Bob was going to chime in about about him as he often does. I was I was waiting for that. Bob. Uh, I
0: know. Well, I was. Yeah, I was. I mean, yeah, obviously it it should be, it should be obvious to all everybody who listens to this podcast that Bobby Planudis is my favorite Fort Wayne
2: player. There we go. I know his teammates like to call him Bob too, rather than Bobby.
1: Which does he prefer?
2: Good question. Uh, I think he goes with Bobby. Okay. Bobby buckets.
1: I like that. Bobby buckets. Well, John, thank you so much for um, carving out a little time in your day to uh, talk a little uh, Fort Wayne with us today too.
2: Oh, yeah, I really appreciate what you guys do, for that matter, what everyone uh, around the Horizon League here on the broadcast side does. Nothing against the Summit League where Purdue-Fort Wayne was previously, but uh, it was really refreshing to see the the league-wide coverage because I think everyone in the Summit League would have to acknowledge that they are Dakota biased between the uh, North Dakota and South Dakota schools. So uh, for Purdue-Fort Wayne, geographically right in the middle of the Horizon League, uh looking forward hopefully seeing a lot of fans from different schools uh this year now be able to to make the trip too not to mention here uh colleagues uh broadcasting wise and and hope the the podcast can uh can make a trip down to i'll make sure you guys are are credentialed no issues there (laughs) there you go thanks
1: john we appreciate that and uh, i'm hoping to make a little bit more road trips this year too assuming you know things settle down a little bit around here but uh
2: Awesome. Can't wait. Really appreciate well, even that. better. I mean, and
0: John, before you go, I know, um, we are also going to have a, we are going to have a player
5: from Purdue Fort Wayne writing yeah. this year, Cam
0: uh, Benford. Cameron Benford. And I don't want to say, uh, pretty sure his player diary is going to be, uh, debuting very, very soon.
2: Awesome. Well, like maybe this week. I'll have to make sure he doesn't need any editorial help there, but Cam's uh, a awesome personality. So looking forward to, uh, others around the league getting a chance for the uh the Camp Benford experience. But um yeah, I actually made a road trip back uh back home. So got some family to uh to visit with now. So sorry to cut out early, but uh thanks again yep. for the chance to join you guys.
1: Thanks for carving out that time, John. We do appreciate it.
2: Okay, talk soon guys. See ya.
1: All right, I'm going to jump back on to uh to Rob Schmidt the, the, the Rob Schmidt bandwagon here. That's what I'm trying to say because I was going to use the, you know the the transfer portal transition, but you know then John Nolan all of a sudden needs to you know play family time on a, on a day who go figure, you know. So, uh, Rob Schmidt, how are we doing today?
6: We're doing well, thanks guys.
1: All right. So, I I start we were talking before about about transfers and uh players coming in with experience and Coach Calhoun brought in transfers with experience, but these ones were from a lower tier college was that intentional like I think there were some div three players you know there, there, were, there was an influx of college players just not from the div one level was that an intentional thing or just kind of the way it played out
6: well I, I think really of the five kids that they brought in that were transfers uh, the one gentleman uh, Colin Gurley from nearby Mount Union Division three school um, but it's nearby um, it, it's a kid that they wanted to try to elevate his game um I think for the most part he's a preferred walk-on. Uh, I think the other four, um, they went out and recruited, and there was connections. Uh, Tevin Allison from the Cumberland's, which was an NAIA school, one of our assistant coaches was an assistant there, so he knew of Tevin, um, and Tevin put up good numbers at the Cumberland's. So again, you know, we'll see what the level of competition is like. The other two, that um, you know, the other two that really kind of jump out is Dwayne Cohill, who was at Dayton. Um, did not play last year because he had torn his ACL back in October. He's been mentally cleared to practice fully. Um, I, he'll make an immediate impact on this team. He's probably the fastest in line from baseline to baseline player I've seen at YSU since a kid named Keston Roberts back in 2007. So Cohill's got some really good speed, uh, a really good defender. Which is something that you know, we've already talked about it, and something that we desperately need is is you need some defenders on this team., uh, but what they also needed that they went out and addressed, and this was the transfer from the from Hampton, um you know, one of the one of the HBCs is chris Shelton and and Chris can fill it up. Now, he might have only averaged ten points a game, but he can shoot it from three. He probably hits about 42 percent when he was at Hampton. Um so really what they did, was they kind of they kind of picked what they felt they needed. So Cohill gives you a defensive presence, but they really loaded up on shooters. And, and Shelton kind of headlines that group. And the the fifth transfer that came from Maryville, Owen Long, um, right now dealing with a bit of an injury, but he'll he'll really kind of cement that backup role at point guard or the two. Um, really kind of handles the ball very very well. So he'll he'll be slow to contribute this year because of the injury. But I think really what it was. They went on and they realized they need to have more shooters, which they went and addressed, whether it was high school or transfer. And they needed more of a defensive presence. So one of the freshmen, uh, Jacory Owens, had come in, more of a rim protector, uh, maybe a little raw offensively. So uh, I think they're going to play, you know, they're going to play some zone this year. We're going to be a lot like Oakland. We're going to be small. Um, you know, it, everybody looks at we lost Nas Bohannon to the portal. He went to Clemson. Um, Nas was a great player with a high motor, as you guys know. Uh, But logistically, I think we listed him at six, six. He was probably six, four and a half. So even though we we were upset to see Nas go because he's a great individual, um, you know, our front line really doesn't change if we can find that rebounder. So the the transfers that come in, I I think you're going to see all of them contribute. Uh, Owen will be a little bit slow to the table, but I'm sure they're expecting big things out of three of the five.
1: Well, and you kind of just started to hit on my other question. It's like you're a professional or something. Yeah. My other question is, how did the Penguins replace uh, both Nosmo Hannon and Darius Quisenberry? Because those both from the outside seem to be pretty big, big things.
6: Yeah, they are. Those, those. You know, everybody obviously last year pointed at us, and um, you know, as you had mentioned, you know, last year at Northern Kentucky, they were five, six deep. Well, if you really dug into YSU last year, we were probably five, six deep. You know, everybody they remarked about all five guys coming back from a year before. But once you got past our starting five, you know we were all freshmen last year, so our bench really wasn't as deep as you might have liked. So, you know, the the problem with losing Nas is you lose a guy who not only can rebound, but he can run the point, and he can run a press breaker, and he can out rebound anybody in this league that's his size. And and really, for the most part, other than you know guys that we've seen before, Loud and Love and a few others, he can out rebound anybody in this league. So you, that's what you lose is you lose that high motor guy, that high energy guy. And I think that's going to be the biggest void to fill where Darius, you know, Darius was, was that kind of player that could elevate everybody. Um, you know, we saw it against Wright state when he had that big 40 point game, we saw it against Oakland when he ran the floor and got the layup at the bucket. So, you know, I think Shamar Mays, who's coming off a really good freshman year, he's added some weight. I think he realizes he's got to have a little bit more of a leadership role. Um, I think this is where the injury to Owen Long hurts. I think it kind of, you know, it kind of hurts our depth at the point guard position. Um, once he gets back in, I think that will help. But, you know, for the most part, you, you lose that intangible with DQ. You, you lose a guy who can elevate the whole team. So, though I think those are the two things that you'll have to keep an eye out early in the years: who can fill that high motor and, and who's going to take over and take that last second shot that
1: you know we expected DQ to take. Kind of a follow-up to that too. That was a, not even on my original questions, but uh, do you think that last year with Quisenberry being hurt for really the entire year? I mean, I know he kind of tried to play through it, but mm-hmm. there was no question watching him—he was hurt the entire year. Yeah. Um, and it, that pressed for Mays into probably a role that he maybe not would not have been in anyway. Do you think that actually helps YSU going forward as much as you never want to say, you know, happy a player was hurt or anything? That's not—it's not what I'm implying, but like it kind of set them up for for future success. No, I agree.
6: I, I know exactly what you're saying. And I, and I would agree with that because, you know, with Shamar, when he come in as a freshman, I think he was going to have to be the guy that just that just distributed the ball. And, you know, and if needed be, they could take him out and, and put Quisenberry at the point and slide Garrett Covington in the two. So I, I think they knew that they always had a point guard that they could rely upon, but you know, Shamar was pressed into duty and I thought he handled it really, really well. I think what he has to work on and, and I talked to him a couple of weeks ago, he's got to be a better shooter. He's got to be a more consistent shooter. Um, and, and he's got to, he's got, you know, he's, he's not the biggest guy in the league. So he's going to have to figure out a way to get to the basket. You know, Darius did a really good job getting to the basket and getting fouled and, you know, making those clutch free throws. Shamar's going to have to do that same thing. And, figure out a way to get inside and either distribute or, or score off the dribble. So I, I think last year, all of that experience is going to come back twofold because, you know, I think they can depend on him more as as a natural software than they could have before.
1: Yeah, I agree. I, I mean, I got to watch YSU uh, a couple times last year and uh, was definitely impressed with not only the way he stepped in, um, but also uh, Covington really had upped his game as well. So I'm curious to see, you know, what, he, what he's going to bring this next year.
6: Yeah, with Garrett, you know, and and obviously, you know, those are the two players, Garrett Covington and Michael Acuche are the two that benefit from the extra COVID year. So they're fifth year players in this league. And then that's invaluable, even if there's just two of them, um, because they know this league. They know how to play with one another. At the end of the season last year, as you guys saw, there was really nobody in this league that ran the baseline as well as Garrett. And, and, And Chris can attest to that because of the game against Wright State. Um, but nobody, nobody read the defense on the baseline better than Garrett. And he's a three-time all defensive player. Um, you know, they're going to move him around this year because of our, our height differential. Um, but just how smart Akuche is, and, and Covington is going to pay huge dividends in this league. Cause there aren't many guys that have played five years in this league and, and know the ins and outs and how to help those guys prepare.
1: Definitely agree. And, Again, it's like you guys are professionals. He keep setting me up. You know, you you mentioned Chris Collins over here from uh, Wright State. And Chris, you're up next on my on my lit. Oh, hold on. I'm not, Rob, I didn't ask you my favorite question. Who's your favorite coach <laughs> outside of Calhoun? I'm sorry, Chris, you're going to have to wait one more minute. Almost to you. I, I can't <laughs> not ask this question because I, I love to hear what you guys get to hear and see, you know.
6: Well, you know, it's funny, too, because, you know, this league's had some turnover at at the head coaching position. So some guys that you may have had a chance to talk to, like a link Durner or Green Bay is no longer there. Um, You know, I've had a chance to kind of meet Andy tool because we play Robert Morris annually and and even before they came into the league. Um, But, you know, everybody has a campy story and and I've got one. Um, And it really just happened last year during the pandemic. So. We, you know, I would, I would drive separately from the team when they would travel. I, because of tier one, tier two, tier three, um, I did not travel with the team last year. So I would, I would travel myself and Jamie Hall, the uh, basketball contact for the athletic communications department. And I remember sitting at the arena after a game and the team had already left and coach Campion, Neil, I think we're just finishing up their post-game interview. And he's never really talked to me. I've, you know, I sit down, set up, do the game tear down and I'm gone with the team on the bus, but obviously I had more time to kill this year. So he walks by and he goes all by yourself. And I said, yeah, we ended up striking up a conversation for about 20 minutes. And I know Jared really, really likes coach campy. They get along very, very well, talk all the time. And Jared tells me stories of, of, coach campy and what he has to say about the league. And, you know, I love hearing stories about how others like, dislike, don't care about the league. Um, So it was, you know, we were talking about Shamar and we were talking about if you can get Quisenberry healthy, you guys will be dangerous in the tournament. And then I said, you know, Jalen Moore, you really found a a diamond in the rough there. And he goes, yeah. And by the third year, he'll be here because he gets the COVID year back. He may be the best point guard Oakland's ever had. And and that includes Kay Felder because he's going to know Greg's stuff inside. Now, I just, it was a really good conversation, kind of an impromptu thing. I didn't approach him. Uh, He just kind of, you know, him, he's just so open and, and friendly just kind of walked by and and I really appreciated that it really kind of um you know opened my eyes to everything you guys get a chance to deal with and and I really enjoyed that part of the of the trip to Oakland that year.
0: You know Matt you probably should have just rephrased that question who's your favorite other team coach to think and why is it Drake?
1: (laughs) So Chris Chris, is is is
0: he yours too
1: Chris, what's your Greg Campy story? Let's just have a Greg Campy hour. This isn't even a media hour. So well, let's talk Greg Campy. And, and the uh, tough
6: thing is, though, guys, the tough thing is, I, I know a lot of this when we travel, and, and the rest of the guys, you're usually, you're, you're coming in with the team, so you're getting there an hour and a half before tip, and, and you got to get your equipment set up. Um, you know, you got you're, you're to, hitting, you're hitting the pregame 20, 30 minutes before tip. There it, the unfortunate thing is you don't get a lot of time unless you go to shoot around and the other team's just finishing up or just walking in the gym and then it's usually head coach talking to head coach um you know we're that's the thing he's just so outgoing i don't know any other coach you know i i know coach nagy is a very straightforward kind of guy i've i've been involved in conference calls with him and and i respect him because i i really appreciate what he's done at wright state and even before that at south dakota state but to get that one on one, there's there's not many guys in the league other than Jared and Greg. You know, I, I coach Kaufman. I've talked to because we used to scrimmage them. We used to scrimmage Port, uh, Purdue Fort Wayne every year before they came into the league. So I would go to Fort Wayne with when the team would scrimmage there and had a chance to kind of be around Coach Kaufman. And and I'm really impressed with him. And I, I it won't be long before you know they're in the upper half of this league. Um, but yeah, those experiences, you know, is, I, I wish there were more of them to tell you the truth.
1: Chris, do you have a, a Greg Campy
4: story for us? Oh, oh yeah. Okay. I, I thought it was my turn yet or not. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, hands down. Uh, Greg Campy right now uh, because of what Rob had mentioned. Uh, he's very easy to talk to. At the end of the game last year, uh, Jim Brown, who I do the games with, uh, who was a former coach, uh, they sat down, they'll talk for 20, 25 minutes after a game if we have time. And he shares a lot of interesting information, not only just with his team, but also uh, the uh, where college basketball is and where college basketball is going. And it's very, very interesting to hear you know, his comments because he's been around for such a long time. All right, so we've all agreed that Greg Campy is the guy Yeah, we like to hear and talk to. All right, but let me go back. I mean, I said 25 years now uh, doing games in this league, but one guy who really stands out he was no longer here, obviously, as Bruce Pearl. Uh, Bruce Pearl uh, would have all types of entertaining stories, and he would come by at the time. I was doing games with John Ramey, a former Wright State player. It never, He never, at home and away, he would always come by and shake our hand all the time. And he would even know our name. You know, so we'd strike up a conversation afterwards. But you talk about a guy that was out there and who uh, uh, was a real cheerleader, you know, for his team and also knew how to work the media. You know, Bruce Pearl was one of those guys.
1: I, I wish we had been around w- with Bruce Pearl. I think Bruce Pearl in the Horizon League with with social media would have been an absolute
4: over the top gem. <laughs> no question about it. You're absolutely right. That's going back a few. Uh, he. You, know, when you when I think about this league and how competitive it is now, ever since Butler left, there's no real dominant team. But, you know, at the time, Butler was dominant. And uh, so, too, was Milwaukee, you know, when Bruce Pearl was here. You know, so uh, that's great for the league and the league is getting a lot better. And that's, as I mentioned at the outset, I'm looking forward to see how this, uh, this season transpires.
1: All right. So my first question, you know, I'm, I'm looking at it here. I have it written down and I feel like I have to preface it before I ask the question, because the <laughs> answer is is obvious. But I want to try to like find like the deeper level to it. And my question is, how much will Wright State miss Loud and Love? And you know, obviously, Loud and Love is Loud and Love. I'm, I, I, you you can't lose a player like Loud and Love and not miss
4: him. No, but How no.
1: much will it impact the team?
4: Absolutely not. And that's what we're looking forward to this year. I mean, But you look at this team, and four of the starters are returning. But this is the post-Love era. You know this guy has been here. You know five years. He he sat out his first year as a redshirt and was here four consecutive years. And let's face it, you know everything went through Loud and Love. This team had a plus nine rebounding uh, margin against their opponents last year, and a lot of it had to do with Loud and Love. So they're going to see early on before the league season starts, because if you look at the schedule, I mean, they have to go to Marshall. They have to go to Purdue out of the Big Ten, which is uh, you know going to be a top five team at the beginning of the season. They go down to a three game tournament down in Naples where they have some uh, excellent competition. They'll play George Washington. They'll play Kent State and whoever else ends up in that third game. But, uh, you know, they're going to have a tough, tough, non-conference schedule. So we'll see a lot about how this team is and what identity it has. But I will say this from the outset. you got a guy like Grant Basile, who played when Loudon was out injured for a few games and also when he got into foul trouble. This kid has a lot of skills. I mean, as you can tell, look at his numbers. I mean, they speak for themselves. He's, he's also a very competitive young man. And also Tanner Holden. Those two are probably going to be the, top two te- the two guys on this team. Because in the past, they would go ahead and they would defer to Loudon Love because it was Loudon Love's team. So this is going to be a more of a team effort. Uh, Coach Nagy has always been known of only going seven or eight deep. And uh, I think that I think the biggest transition now this year with this team is going to be depth at point guard. I think that's the biggest question that we're going to have to see answered. Because everywhere else, they're solid. Because they have a high basketball IQ. Uh, they're all very highly skilled. And Coach has already said at the beginning of the season, his team averaged 13 turnovers last year. Uh, he wants to see it go under 10, and he thinks it can
1: and real quick on the Loud and Love side, now that we know the outcome and everything, you know he he is going to be gone for the year. You know he did decide to to be done with his college career. How close was he to coming back? Because we we had a lot of people on the inside of you know that are close to Loud and Love trying to get an answer, and we couldn't get an answer for a long time. It was kind of a late decision whether he was going to use his COVID year. Do you have any insight on uh, what his thought process was? Like, was he close to coming
4: back? I'm I'm like every one of the people that you described. We had no idea because Loudon kept that close to his vest. Even the coaching staff at Wright State, I understand. He uh, was going to talk to uh, family members. He was going to talk to Coach Nagy. Uh, He had talked to a few other people, and I don't know who they were, but on what he decided to do. But you're right. It came down to the last minute. Uh, He wasn't quite sure exactly what he wanted to do. Uh, But then he decided to, to go ahead and move on which, be honest with you, you know, I'm happy for Loudon. He had a terrific career at Wright State, set a lot of records here, and just a great individual, uh, a young man who grew so much, not physically, uh, because obviously when he came here, he was about 340 pounds, and he, he dropped down to about 260, you know, after he first arrived here, and he became a very, 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 very good college basketball player. So, you know what? You, what you have to do is you got to move on anyway, and it's college basketball, especially now with the transfer portal. You've got to move on with who you have. You know, and and we're really thankful that Loudon Love spent his four years of eligibility on the floor here at Wright State.
1: Absolutely. Um, My my other question for you is, uh, what does Wright State have to do to avoid tournament letdown, Horizon League tournament letdown?
4: (laughs) Well, (laughs) I know if you had that
1: answer, you'd be the coach, right? But like, what do we got to do?
4: Uh, You know, that's the question. I I think I think, uh, you know, young men, young women who play uh, competitive sports at the college level and even in high school. I think they're the ones that get over it quicker than coaches. I think it sticks with the coaches longer than it does these guys. I don't think there's, you know, these guys have something to prove or whatever. I think they have confidence in their ability and they know that they can compete and they know that they're going to be a competitive team in the Horizon League this year. I think they pretty much put that out of their minds. Nobody's talking about it. I've been to one practice uh, about four or five weeks ago and uh, around the guys and nobody really talks about it i think they're just looking forward to seeing you know where they're going to go as a team and what their identity is i mean
1: it's probably the rightest answer i I, i've never been in that situation so i I can't talk about it you know apples to apples but i mean at some point for these guys yeah you you have to move on right you can't just live in that but kind of keep that chip on your shoulder and know that it's a possibility
4: no, and, I, I, and for me, you know, because we were doing the game, you know, for the Horizon League, and I had to – I couldn't believe what was happening in front of me. I mean, we'll go back to that Milwaukee game. But I had to, as professional, I had to continue to be, you know, excited because, let's face it, you know, give Milwaukee credit. You know, they did not quit. They came back, they hit some big shots, and they went on to win, and they were able to move on to Indianapolis. You can't take that away from them. You know, they never quit, even being down 20-plus points with – you know, about uh, eight minutes to play in the game, you know, so but it's difficult because you follow a team for so long. And let's face it, I hurt. I hurt for those guys from Wright State. I really, really did, especially Loud in Love. I mean, that's the final game that he played as a Wright State Raider, you know, but he has to move on in his life. You know, I think I felt bad for Coach Nagy. I mean, he has had such a tremendous record over the years. And he at the end of the game took responsibility for it. You know, it shows a, a great leadership, uh, the ability in which he has uh, for his players. So it was very difficult for everyone here to see what happened. But then again, you can't take anything away from Milwaukee and how they didn't quit and they came on with that win.
1: Absolutely. Well, Bob, that's all I got. And that, that, I think that's I, everybody. I'm
0: glad you, I'm, Chris, I'm actually glad you mentioned Milwaukee because I wanted to close out the podcast for with everybody who's here. Um, we, I wanted to ask about, you know, what impact, obviously now Pat Baldwin Jr. is, is, is in the conference, you know, arguably the highest, not even arguably the highest rated prospect uh, recruit to come to the Horizon League. Um, What do you think, how do you think that impacts the league in general with with a guy who has that kind of profile? And how do you see that impacting kind of your respective coaches kind of game
4: planning for him? Well, first of all, we got to see, you know, how he mixes in with his teammates. You know, that's because we know what a talent he is and what i've seen on video and what i've heard and read about this guy and i think it's outstanding for the horizon league i really really do because you know this league needs to start taking a step up you know and by getting somebody like that it's going to get them more visibility obviously and it's going to make everybody better let's face it every team is going to say listen we know how good this guy is so we're going to be ready to play every night we play against milwaukee
6: Well, and I think you got to look to what they surround them. They, you know, they bring in Moses Bowl from Central Florida at seven one. They bring in Samba Kane, who's a seven footer. So I mean, immediately now they've got an NBA front line with an NBA, you know, first round pick. So you know, I think Milwaukee immediately becomes a, a preseason top four. Um, you know, I appreciate the time here. I learned a little bit more about Northern Kentucky. I, You know, I, we're doing our preseason poll. I'm sure Chris and everybody else is this weekend. And, yeah. you know, you got like, to think Northern Kentucky's a preseason four. But, you know, I think the league got to be smart. I think the league needs to make sure that he's on that weekly game of the week on ESPN or two or you um, to kind of you know accentuate that. I think it was a, a mistake not to put Detroit Mercy on. Um, but I, I think you got to showcase the kid. But you're right. I think Chris is exactly – you still have to wait and see. He's a freshman. Um, he's highly touted. But we'll see what it, how it all plays out and how his teammates accept him. The loss of John Lucas was huge. Yeah. Um, I think they're going to have to overcome that. And, and regardless of the Baldwin kid, you know, someone's got to get him the ball, and, unless I'm hearing, which I am at times, that he may bring the ball up himself. So um, I think we got to wait and see what the other four guys and the bench players will do around him.
4: Well, it makes for an exciting season, you know, and talking about it. And, you know, I appreciate you guys having me on. I've never been on before, but as uh, they said earlier, you know, it's great that we have something like this to be able to reach more fans and to be able to tell everybody, you know, this is a pretty good basketball conference, the Horizon League.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's going to be even better this year.
4: I agree. Yes.
0: So, gentlemen, I really appreciate everybody coming on. Obviously, uh, John Nolan and Neil Rule did the uh, did, uh, were or not here, Um, you can find him on, you can find John on Twitter at John underscore G underscore Nolan on Twitter and Neil rule, Neil at Neil rule. Um, Joe, we'll start with you, Chris. Where can they find you on Twitter?
4: Uh, They can find me at Chris Collins, three, eight, one. All right. Uh, Brady, how about you?
5: It's at Brady labor one. That's L a B E R
4: and the number
5: one.
0: All right. And last but not least, Rob.
5: Uh, at ysu
6: underscore rob robb
0: all right thank you uh, thank you all uh, thank you all once again and everybody who uh kind of had to leave early but yeah this was this was outstanding as we expected as we hoped for you guys did not disappoint thank you again um so uh next week um Actually, we're going to change things. a little. You guys will appreciate this. We're going to attempt to do our own live thing on Friday. Uh, I, I've got uh, Alec Quate and Kyle uh, Rossi, who are going to be at the Wolstein Center at, at Vitoberfest on Friday night. And I'm going to be – well, we're going to attempt to try to do it live, but we're definitely going to be recording it. So you definitely don't want to miss that. But other than that, HorizonRoundtable.com. You can pull up uh, all our back episodes and all of our content. And like I said, until next week, thank you all for listening.